Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. The big news this week all revolves around championships. Last week's show, we had to do the preview for the Independence Brawl, and it was Independence. This week, we're going to go over those matches and talk about other championship matches. The bulk of the news from this week is championship matches. So let's start off with the Independence Brawl. The opening match, the Hardcore Championship, Eddie Fury using Eddie Fury. Challenged by Big Match Pete using Big Match Pete in a tables match. Good match to start the night off. At crowd meter one, Eddie Fury is able to hit the finish and win the game. Eddie Fury retains. He's still the hardcore champion. Next match that night, the LFF Tag Team Championships. Veterans show wrestling. Attempts to defend for the first time. This is the team of Evie Fresh using the Shadow Phoenix and the Enforcer using Johnny Gargano. Their challengers as a result of the tournament win, higher impact. The Grump Danny Thunder using Rob Van Dam and Colin Simon using El Pollo and Mascarda. New rule issued with this tag team, just before the tag team match took place, skill boosts are going to tunnel. So let me talk about RVD for a second to give an example. RVD's gimmick is when he has a card with high in the name in play, he gets boosts to three skills. There's plus one to three different skills. I don't remember all of them off the top of my head. I believe agility is one of them. I believe it bumps his agility from a nine to a ten. Prior to this, if I hit in a tag team or multiplayer match, hit and had a card with high in play against one person, I got that plus one to my skill against all of the opponents. That is now changed. Instead, the bonus will be counted in these ways. During turn rolls, and this is just generally speaking, during turn rolls, if an RVD has a high card in play, and anyone who has skill boosts like this, Liger, for example, would work the same way, has a card in play that triggers the gimmick. During turn rolls, the gimmick is considered live for all players involved. However, during turns, the gimmick is only considered live against the player you have the card in play against. So using this match, for example, RVD against Gargano and Shadow Phoenix. If RVD has a card with high in the name and play against Shadow Phoenix, when they roll for turn roll, he gets the pluses to his skills. If RVD wins, if he plays against Shadow Phoenix, he is considered to have the boost against Shadow Phoenix. If he plays against... Gargano, he's not considered to have the boosts against Gargano. 
I'm not sure that I like this ruling because it feels like when you start having different skill lines for different opponents, it starts to get kind of wonky and create a lot of wonky scenarios. So at first glance, I'm not a big fan of this. I know I was talking about this Saturday with uh, some players in my local group and just throwing out, well, what about in this scenario and what about in that scenario? And I can tell some of the things I was throwing out hadn't been thought of. One of the people I was talking with was Colin Simon, who was in this match. And I can tell that some of the things I threw out had not even been conceived of. For example, what happens in certain scenarios involving save rolls? When would the RVD be able to use or not use the skill boosts and save rolls? What about in bumps? If, for example, let's say Grump has a card in play against Shadow Phoenix, a high card in play against Shadow Phoenix, so it bumps up his skills. In the tag team match, Grump with RVD rolls 10, Colin Simon rolls 9, Shadow Phoenix rolls 9, Enforcer rolls 10. So the other two players are out. It's Grump and Enforcer rolling for turn. Because these are turn rolls, does Grump still have the bonuses to his skills? Or because the high cards in play against Shadow Phoenix and Shadow Phoenix is out, does the Grump not have those bonuses? Is he just rolling his printed skills? Plus any cards he might have in play against the Enforcer. I don't know. These are some of the things I think that have to be ironed out over time. But that's kind of why I'm not necessarily digging this because I feel like this can lead to a lot of weird cases. But that was the ruling that took place prior to this match happening. Let's get back to the match itself. Very exciting finish to this match. Match gets up to crowd meter three. The Grump and Colin Simon, the challengers, end up tagging. I believe it was four times in a row at the end of the match. And because of hand knowledge gained through El Pollo's gimmick, they just kept targeting the Enforcer with grapple finishes and were eventually able to hit a grapple finish on the Enforcer. The Enforcer and Evie Fresh could not kick out. The Grump and Colin Simon, higher impact, are the new LFF Tag Team Champions. That was our second match. Third match of the night. The Tornado Tag Match. Chris Pate, the champion with Dangerous Alliance, takes on the Grump using Five Star Mayhem. And at crowd meter two, the Grump wins for the second time that night. He becomes the new Tornado Tag Team Champion, and he becomes a double champion, meaning that he will have to, in the case of the Tornado Tag Team Championship, Defend that championship weekly until he loses it or loses the tag team championship. But as long as he holds two belts, he'll have to defend that Tornado tag team belt weekly. Fourth match of the night, the Underworld Championship match, a Psycho Circus match. Peppy Pepper, the champion with Kaylee Sweet Pea Perry, takes on Jacob Maynard. With Scott Prime. If Jacob Maynard wins the match, the next opponent for the Underworld belt will be Kirk Polka as a result of the deal Polka took with the general manager. That's not going to happen because at Crowd Meter 1, 
Peppy Pepper wins. He's still the Underworld Champion. Tough match for Jacob Maynard. There were quite a few times that the new ruling on Scott Prime, as a reminder, Scott Prime originally printed when he rolls his agility, his five skill, he can switch it to power, his seven. With the new rule change, it's when he rolls technique, his six, he can switch that to seven. Quite a few times, Jacob Maynard lost rolls because of that change. Had the old gimmick been in effect, he would have won more turns. But Peppy Pepper retains still Underworld Champion. Halfway through the matches of the card for the Independence Brawl. Next match, the United States Championship match. The Harm City Hitman, Andrew Mechie, with Big Bad Bobby D as champion, takes on Andrew Treving, the SRG jogger. Using Razzle Dazzle. The winner here, Crowd Meter 1. The Harm City Hitman. He's still the United States Champion of the Legendary Fighting Federation. Two matches left on the card. The next match, the Trios Championship. Yasmin, the champion with the line, takes on Chris Pagillo with the good, the bad, and the whiskey. Chris Pagillo earned this shot. By picking Yasmin as the challenger for the previous champion, Mallory Destroyer, because his pick Yasmin won and became champion, he got the first crack at her, and he wins. At crowd meter one, Chris Pagillo wins. He's the new LFF Trios champion. That brings us to the main event, the last match on the card, the LFF World Heavyweight Championship. John Pulverino, using his own creation, John Press 1P, defends against Candyman Dan using Candyman Dan. A lot of people thought because Candyman Dan and the current holder at that time of the Cookie's Fortune, Chris Pate, might team up making a triple threat so that someone from the Dangerous Woola Order walks away as champion. That did not happen. And at crowd meter zero, with only an eight finish roll, John Pulverino was able to successfully defend. He walks out of that match, still champion. Immediately afterward, Chris Pate decides to cash in, decides to forego, making it a handicap match, a triad match, and instead take the shot one-on-one, mano-a-mano, Chris Pate using X-Royce, going up against John Pulverino to become the new world heavyweight champion. This match goes longer than the previous match, and at crowd meter one, John Pulverino successfully hits the finish, and Chris Pate cannot kick out. John Pulverino faces two challengers in the closing matches of Independence Brawl and wins them both. Afterwards, he calls out the grump, Danny Thunder saying that he wants to face the Grump with the belt on the line. The Grump, of course, having a great year, currently a dual champion, winning event after event, using competitors not seen as conventionally strong, is called out by the champion. That closes out Independence Brawl. There were three other championship matches this week, two of which I'm not sure about the dates, but I'll give you 
results as best you can. The third took place on Friday. The first match I'll talk about, I believe, was Monday, the same day as the Independence Brawl, just earlier. It was a defense of the Midwest Coast Championship. The current Midwest Coast champion, Anthony Hapapuro, Finland, using his own competitor, Finland, was challenged by Chris Pate using the Gia de los Muertos. A little bit of controversy in this match. Finland generally thought of as a straight shooter, guy who plays by the rules, used a lot of cards in his deck that, if stopped, would cause the match to end via disqualification. And while he would lose, he would still be the Midwest Coast champion because the championship does not change hands on a disqualification. The match goes to crowd meter two. Finland is able to successfully play a loaded gut punch. A finish that, if stopped, would cause him to lose via disqualification but still be champion. Chris Pate allows that finish to hit. And Finland is able to successfully pin him. Chris Pate cannot kick out. Finland is still the Midwest Coast champion. Now, I've heard rumblings that the powers that be that control the Midwest Coast championship, the general managers are going to take steps, take measures to make sure something like this does not happen again. What are they going to do? I don't know, but that is what I'm hearing as a result of this match. There will be changes to how the championship is defended. The next match, and this is the match I'm not sure when it took place, sometime I would say between Tuesday and Thursday, middle of the week, we had the Intergalactic Championship defended. Going into the match, Steve Resk is the current Intergalactic Champion. As a reminder, the Intergalactic Championship is not tied to a competitor card. It is tied to the player. So Steve Resk can use any competitor he wants to use in the match. This time it was a Tornado Tag Team defense. Steve Resk using Black Lipstick. Brett Farius, the challenger this time. Brett Farius used L Super Suns. Relatively short match. The winner here and new intergalactic champion, Brett Farius. At crowd meter zero, he walks out with, I believe, his first ever LFF championship. Although I'm not sure if the Intergalactic belt is technically LFF. But his first major belt. Congratulations to Brett Ferris. Congratulations to all of the champions this week. I meant to mention that earlier. I did not. The final championship match. Friday night. The Triad Championship. Which was not able to be defended at Independence Brawl. The card was already too big. Is defended. Jeremy Steigerwald using Dizzy Derailed takes on the winners of the two triad matches, Kylan Bookter using Liger, and Shane Strickland using the new New Japan Pro Wrestling competitor, Jay White. Crowd meter one, Shane Strickland, after hitting a DDT stop, is able to play his finish, strike finish, and win 
he becomes the new LFF triad champion. Shane Strickland with his second LFF championship, being a former underworld champion, now the new LFF triad champion. And that will do it for all the championship matches from Independence Brawl until now. Looking over, it looks like it's pretty even. I see five champions retained, Eddie Fury, Peppy Pepper, Andrew Mackie, John Pulverino, and Finland, and five new champions. Higher Impact, The Grump, Chris Pagillo, Shane Strickland, and Brett Farias. So very even results from the championship matches. Five retain, five new. As far as championships coming up, here is where we stand. For the Hardcore Championship, Loudmouth Leo Larynx has announced a Hardcore Tournament. A Hardcore Tournament is three matches in the preliminary and then a final triad match. The three matches in the preliminary are a tables match, a ladders match, and a steel chain match. The finals match in the tournament is a tables, ladders, and chains match. Here are the matchups that have been announced for the hardcore tournaments. In the tables match, Shogun will take on the big guy. In the ladder match, and there's been a change to the ladder match. The ladder match originally was Mark Perry versus the Mad Custodian. It's now going to be Mark Perry versus Joey Lama. The Steel Chain match was going to be Nightmare King versus Joey Lama. It's now Nightmare King versus the Mad Custodian. I don't know when those matches will take place, but the winners will all face off in a TLC match, the winner of which will face Eddie Fury for the Hardcore Championship. We've had two announcements for the next two contenders for the Tag Team Championships. As a result of defeating the Tag Team of the General Manager John Clace and Loudmouth Leo Larynx at Impact's Bound for Glory show in 2019, the Dangerous Alliance and Girthquake will get shots for the Tag Team Championships. It looks like the way they're trying to set this up, they're going to have the Grump and Con Simon higher impact take on Dangerous Alliance sometime in the next month. And then the winner of that presumably could take on Girthquake at Pixel Palace Pandemonium Part 2 on August 14th. There is a little bit of a wrinkle here. Girthquake, the team of Primetime Justin Stein and The Walking Disaster Nick Masters. Prefer live play. They are exclusive live play competitors. They've made the following proposal to the general manager. They'll take the shot if, when required to defend the belts online, they can use Freebird rules and allow new Earthquake members, Bobby Ohio, and Finland to play in their stead. If they can do that, they will take the shot. If not, they will not take the shot at the LFF Tag Team Championships. We have not seen a response yet from the general manager, John Clace. 
if he's going to take this deal or not. But that's where that stands with Girthquake. Finally, we have some miscellaneous championship news. Some of this I'm not 100% sure of. Some of these are going to be as a result of Faction Wars 2 victories. I have that Alec Ventresca will get the next shot at the World Heavyweight Championship against John Pulverino. I don't know why. The information as to why he's getting the next shot, I'm just not privy to. If that's published somewhere, I must have just missed it. But apparently he's getting the next shot. Bob Dunn is going to be the first person to challenge the Grump Danny Thunder for the Tornado Tag Team Championship. Bob Dunn looking to potentially become a three-time Tornado Tag Team Champion. This match has been made as a result of the Grump's status as a dual champion. The next three matches, from what I understand, have been allocated as a result of the higher class winning faction rules. The first is the Underworld Championship. Loudmouth Leo Larynx will get to face Peppy Pepper for the Underworld Championship. The second, the Hardcore Championship. Kirk Polka, while currently a member of the Dangerous World Order, was at the time of Faction Wars playing for the higher class. He gets a shot at the Hardcore Championship. He'll take on Eddie Fury. Finally, as a result of the callout, the Grump has been given by his faction the shot at the World Heavyweight Championship. If John Polverino emerges as champion following his match with Alec Ventresca, then he will face John Polverino for the World Heavyweight Championship. That is all of the championship news for this week. There are a couple of other odds and ends I want to just bring up real quick. SRG Universe has announced a new wave of foil competitors and cards. They went through a list on Talk of the Universe from this past week. If you're interested in checking that out, you can watch that show while it's still available on their Twitch.tv page. I don't feel the need to list off all the foil competitors and cards coming out. But they released a new wave of foils that are going to be coming out in the new payoff packs as prizes, so on and so forth. I probably should have mentioned this next piece in championship news, but I'm mentioning it here. The general manager is currently holding, that is John Clace, is currently holding a United States Championship Tournament to determine the next contender for that. The signups are already sold out. The competitors used have been posted on the SRG Super Show Discussion group page on Facebook. The deck lists for that tournament were due 5 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday night, July 11th, which, as I record this, has already passed. Once he receives all the deck lists, he will post the group stages. It's going to be a group stage tournament, then do a top cut. That hasn't come out yet. Also, speaking of tournaments, the Cheetah Ian Chambers is currently holding the SRG1 Climax Tournament. Today is the deadline for the first part, the group stage section of that tournament. 
I believe once this is over, it cuts to a top 20. Speaking of Ian Chambers, he also made an announcement on the last episode of Talk of the Universe regarding Eternal Con. He has announced that at Eternal Con, the LFF Tri-State region will be debuting the LFF Tri-State Tag Team Championships. This is just going to be a championship regional belt similar to the LFF Tri-State Champion, but it's just two players instead of one. There will also be a tournament to crown the inaugural Tag Team Champion at Eternal Con. Again, you have to live in that geographic region to qualify, but if you're at Eternal Con, taking place, I believe, early August, you'll be able to compete for and potentially become the first LFF Tri-State Tag Team Champion. From what I understand, the belt will allow you and your partner, when you both roll the same scale, to get plus one to your next turn roll and draw a card. I could be wrong on that. It was somewhat unclear on Talk of the Universe, but the belt is going to be different than the regular LFF Tag Team Championship. And with that, that's the news from this week. I will say before we get into tournament news, past tournament news, that as a reminder, August 7th, Battle for Lake Erie in Erie, Pennsylvania. August 14th, Pixel Palace. Pandemonium Part Due, August 14th and August 21st, Super Show, August Rush, Boonton, New Jersey, Highlander Games. See the SRG Super Show Discussion Group Facebook page, Events tab for details, links, everything you need to know for those three tournaments going on in August. And now let's talk about last week's tournaments. Thursday night. No proving ground this week because of the Independence Brawl. Thursday night, the Thursday night brawls hosted by Brian Sutton and Norseman. The top four in that tournament were, in fourth place, getting honorable mention, Gary Schneider as Mrs. Bum, Lovely Mo. In third place, as Kota Ibushi, The Beast, Michael Kerr. The finals were... The Grump Danny Thunder as the SRG boss, the second version of the SRG boss, and Doug Saunders as Alex Hammerstone, the new MLW competitor. The winner here, continuing to have a great week, continuing to rack up wins, the Grump Danny Thunder. Those are the Thursday night results. Friday night we had the Boss Roddy Beatdown. 32 players, group stage. To a single elimination top cut. The semifinalists here, there was not a third place match. The semifinalists here were, in no particular order, Lucky Cat Nico playing as Katie Kitty, and myself, Michael Kirk, the host of the Outlaw Mudcast, playing as Robert the Brain Dunn. The finalists were Chris Pate as Big Bad Bobby D and Ken Fouché as El Superombre. The winner here, Ken Fouché as El Superombre. Very tough tournament to get through. Once you got out of the group stages, kicked off with the dark match stipulation, then the steel cage, then I think because it was getting late, 
Lumberjacks in the semifinals, starting at crowd meter two, and then ladder match in the finals, starting at crowd meter two. Again, the winner, Friday night, Ken Fouché with El Superombre. Saturday, we had the final trios tournament. Only eight players here. Group stage to a top cut, double elimination top cut. The finalists here, who were actually the semifinal match, Chugonomics and Fireball. Fireball losing the first time, winning his way back into the finals. Unfortunately, he doesn't get it done. Chugonomics, using the last triumvirate, wins. Because of this format, however, that the top two make it onto the final tournament, the Fireball with the My Girls Trio and Chugonomics with the first triumvirate join the other past trios tournament winners. They will be eventually having a tournament. Those eight being Chris Pate, Jokerfish, The Grump Danny Thunder, Bob Dunn, Candyman Dan, Kylan Buchter, Dom Buchter, and Scott Winterbauer. Those eight will be in a trios tournament. The winner, I believe, will get a shot at the trios championship. I'm not 100% sure on that, but it seems like that's the way it's going. The final tournament, as I'm recording this, there's going to be a tournament later tonight, a Sunday night pop-up tournament hosted by Brian Schmidt. That's all the details I have. It's going to be, of course, too late by the time you hear this to sign up for it. Let me give you a little information on it. Again, it's your Sunday night pop-up tournament, 8 p.m. start time, $5 entrance fee, gift cards for prizes. World Cup style, so group stages to a top cut. That's all that's posted as of right now, and that is all that is currently posted on the online events section of supershowthegame.com. The only other thing is out of stock. It's the United States Championship Tournament I talked about. So as of right now, nothing set for this week coming up from the 12th to the 17th. But I would presume... Tuesday night dojo, Monday night proving ground, some sort of Thursday tournament, possibly some sort of Saturday term. And again, as a reminder, Eternal Con starting beginning of August, I believe. August 7th, Battle for Lake Erie. August 14th, Pixel Palace Pandemonium Part 2. August 21st, Super Show August Rush. Gen Con events went on sale earlier today. July 11th as I record this. There are seven events listed on the Gen Con website that SRG Universe is putting on. I believe two Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday, one Sunday. Not all tournaments. The gauntlet has returned. But check that out. And with that, that is going to do it for this week's show. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. And good day.